Well, we're finishing up our series today, Making Life Matter, and uh, we've been talking about some really great qualities about um, if we uh, bring upon ourselves some of these great qualities of Jesus into our lives, that our life will really matter. We've talked about character, uh, we've, we've talked about you know, heart, we've talked about lots of things, um, and today we're going to talk about encouragement. And I was making my rounds in the room this morning, like I always do, and, and as I was sitting and chatting with some of you as, um, as we were just getting ready for uh, pre-worship, uh, today it sounds like a lot of us can use some encouragement. I know I can use encouragement, uh, and hopefully you can as well. Uh, Patty and I, we've actually been trying to teach our grandkids a lot about encouragement. Uh, there's a couple of them right there. And, and uh, so we've been trying to, to help them with encouragement, especially our oldest grandson. Uh, he starts third grade this year. Well, actually, he started on Friday. And uh, he told his mother, our daughter, he said, Mommy, I don't think I'm ready for third grade. So we've been encouraging him. And um, he came home after the first day, and he said, It was a good day, but let me begin by telling you the positives. And then his mother said, okay. And he said, may I tell you the negatives now? <laughs> but it, it was hilarious. Now, our, our granddaughters, there's two of our three granddaughters there. Um, but they, they're constantly, we have to encourage them because they struggle with asking and trying to get an answer to life's most profound question at their age. Which princess dress do I wear today? Okay? And um, so we have to encourage them. And where the encouragement comes in, not which dress to wear, we have to encourage them at the end of the day, they got to take off the dirty dress put it in the hamper, and take a bath. That's encouragement. And then um, our, uh, currently our youngest um, grandson, but we have a new one that's coming next month, by the way. And, uh, but our youngest grandson, his name is Daniel, and there's Daniel. Daniel is the clown of the family. And uh, so Daniel, we've been working on with him about how to share. He's three, and if you've ever raised a three-year-old or been around a three-year-old, you know that it's really hard to get them to share. And so we've been working with Daniel to share with his siblings and to do it with a joyful heart. Well, the other day, we thought we had a breakthrough when we were all in our family room, and uh, Daniel came over to his nanny, that's Patty, and he wanted to give her something, and he wanted to share. So this is what he wanted to share with her. It was a snake. Yeah. Uh, so in our house, uh, Daniel finds a snake, and he walks up to Patty. He says, look, Nani, snake. And of course, you know, Patty ran out of the room. But anyway, um, so, so yeah, so we've been, we've been trying to, to teach them about encouragement. And, and why is encouragement so important? I, I'm a firm believer that none of us is exempt from needing encouragement. In fact, I believe that many of us too often go through some of the most challenging moments and times of our lives. We try to do it in our own strength and we try to do it in our own skin. And we try to do it without any encouragement from anyone. And I've got to tell you, what I've learned through the years is it's nearly impossible to get through some of the challenges that we see in life, especially if we've lost our way without someone who's being our encourager. You know, my own life has been dramatically impacted by my wife, uh, by my staff, by my, by my friends, and, and they have the uncanny ability to know they can look at me or watch me or, or observe my behavior or when I'm not talking, or believe it or not, that happens, when I'm not talking, they, they, they know something's going on and they become my encouragers, and I'm so grateful for that. Uh, 24 years ago, I, I left the business field, and I was a, a businessman. I loved that, and, and uh, God placed a calling into my heart to become an ordained minister of the United Methodist Church, and, and I wrestled with that call for three years, and you've heard me talk many times about my call story. But, but what I really was challenged the most with was that inside of my mind, 
I kept having the thoughts that I can't do this, that I won't be able to do it, that I wasn't good enough. And, and, and how am I supposed to lift up the, the, um, the cross of Jesus Christ when I myself seem so unworthy to do that? So I uh, went off to seminary, and, and so I was in seminary full-time. I had a full-time job at two little rural churches in North Carolina, and someone asked me one time, how far out in the country were those churches? And I said, well, you drive to the end of the earth, and then it's five more miles. And, and so they were like way out there. And so, so I was a full-time student. I was working in the church full-time. I was a full-time parent, and I was really strapped with a lot of things. And I'd gotten to a point where I was literally over my head, and I needed some encouragement. And I'd gotten to a point in five months, I was at those churches for five months, and I felt like I had preached every sermon between Genesis and Revelation. I was out of material. What am I supposed to talk about now? And uh, so I reached out to some friends of mine. They didn't return the call. I reached out to some seminarian friends. They didn't return the call. I reached out to some local pastors in the area where I was. They didn't return my call. So I did what I should have done from the very first moment. And back then, I didn't know any better, but I do know better now. And I got on my knees, and I prayed to God. And I said, God, I need encouragement. And um, it wasn't long after that, uh, someone, I don't even remember who it was, but I kept this uh, plaque. And it's called A Road to Ministry. And this has stayed in my study upstairs here at St. Paul. I've had it for 24 years in ministry. And uh, let me just read to you what it says. And, and this is what gives me so much encouragement when I'm kind of feeling like, you know, I'm not being effective at all. Um, As you travel this special road of ministry, may the Spirit of God surround you. Always remember that the Lord has promised to be there, whether you're in a valley or on top of the mountain. His hand will guide and protect you from harm as long as you stay close to his side. If you should get ahead of him, he will humble you. That's happened a lot. Um, if you should falter, he will encourage you. That happens every day. Uh, his grace will be sufficient for you to carry out the ministry that he has anointed you to walk in. His blessing will follow you wherever you go. So, so what I found is this, the, the promise of, of what comes from, from these hopes. And, and you know, I, I mentioned that I have some good friends. You have some good friends too. And, and I'm a firm believer that in, in our lives, we'll probably have seven people. Say that number with me, seven. seven. We'll have seven people in our lives that at any given moment, those seven people will be all that we have that are what I call two in the morning friends. What is a two in the morning friend? That's a friend that no matter what time in the morning or night it is, you pick up the phone and you call them and you say, I'm in trouble, I'm in need, they are there. It doesn't matter, they are there. And so, so I, like you, I've had those two in the morning friends and they're so incredible. But I've also learned to, to discover friendships in the Bible who are also my encourager, like King David. Um, I read the Psalms like you read the Psalms. And every time that I open a Psalm, I see a nugget. I see a pearl of wisdom. I see something inside of David's words that lift my spirits. I've been on um, sailing journeys with Noah as we, as we travel together. I've wandered with Moses a few times and gone into some places I never thought I could get into. Whenever I was having troubles in ministry of trying to help figure things out in direction as to the right way for the church to go, Nehemiah spoke to me and, and talked to me about how to build coalitions and rebuild the brokenness of what's called the church and to move ahead. Jeremiah, the great prophet, he has saved my life in so many instances. So the Bible is filled with people that come to us that, that, that bring us the encouragement that we need to move forward in our world. Probably my favorite encourager of the Bible is Joshua. Joshua is the unsung hero who becomes a hero, not because he does anything special, but because somebody who was the hero dies. 
Moses dies, and Joshua is now the new leader of the Hebrew nation. And Joshua is called by God to now fulfill what Moses could not do, to take them into the promised land. And can you imagine, if you've ever followed a charismatic leader, if you've ever followed somebody in your company or your school or organization who uh, had all these gifts, and then all of a sudden you were the leader, it can be a little bit intimidating. But what we find out is God had these special words to say to Joshua. So Moses is dead, and now the mantle of leadership comes to Joshua. Listen to what God says. He says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. God is saying to Joshua, be encouraged, because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to give to them. Be strong and very courageous. So God is saying, not only am I going to tell you once, Joshua, I'm going to tell you a couple of times, be very courageous, an extra measure of encouragement. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So you know what the greatest thing about encouragement is? It's free. You know, we're all wondering about our money and its worth and the things that we have, but it costs nothing financially. It costs nothing in property. It costs nothing at all to give away encouragement. It's free. All we have to do is be a person who will encourage someone else. And, and if you've ever been somebody who's received some encouragement from somebody, you know how valuable it is when that encouragement comes to you. You know, sometimes also, though, we've got to be careful because we have a way of wanting to use words of encouragement but just kind of how we say it. Have you ever been around somebody that kind of gives you a backhanded word of encouragement? Oh, you look nice today for a change. You know, I mean, so, so sometimes that can happen. So we have to be careful when we're encouraging people and that the words that we choose are the right ones. Let's watch this video. Hey, honey, gonna try a new recipe tonight. Pan-seared lamb chops with a Mediterranean sauce. Oh, my mouth is watering. Mm. That sounds great, honey. Uh, careful on the salt. You have a tendency to over-salt everything. But you are great at following instructions, so I'm sure it's going to be spectacular. Good thing it is just you and me, though. I'm sure wouldn't want to spring a new recipe on the company. But <laughs> well, I'm sure it's going to turn out perfect because you are perfect. And if it does bomb, I can order pizza again anyway. <laughs> Somebody at the last service came up and said, was that of you and Patty? I was like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, listen to what the Bible has to say about some words of encouragement. Uh, here's a passage out of the Psalm number 10. You hear, O Lord, the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them. 
You listen to their cry, defending the fatherless and the oppressed, in order that man who is on the earth may terrify no more. Um, here's what Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians. May the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. And here's another one out of Romans. I long, to see, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Well, the Bible is filled with these words of encouragement. And, and, and I tell you what, that we definitely need to make sure that we're reading our scripture and, and find those words of encouragement as we go ahead. If you were to go into the book of Acts, which is uh, in the New Testament, right after the Gospels, uh, you'll find a story about a guy by the name of Barnabas. Now, Barnabas is an interesting person of the Scripture. Why is Barnabas uh, in Scripture, and why is he famous in Scripture? Well, um, he actually owned a lot of land, and he sold all of his land, and he gave that land, uh, the money that he used to sell the land, he gave it to the new church, the Church of the Way, the Church of Jesus, so that new things could happen in the life of the church. And because of that, um, a lot of pastors use the life of Barnabas as a, a way of saying, you know, if you're good with your, your stewardship or your money, blessings will come. But see, I see a different side of Barnabas. Barnabas is the, notori or is, the, uh, is the encourager that we want to see in the Bible. Why is that? Because Barnabas is the one when everyone was afraid of a guy named Saul. Saul was a guy who was persecuting the church. Barnabas saw something in Saul, and Barnabas knew that Saul had a bigger plan, or God had a bigger plan for Saul. And so Barnabas encouraged all the people who were afraid of Saul to give him a chance. And Saul becomes the great apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of our scripture and was probably the greatest evangelist of, of Christianity. Barnabas is also an encourager whenever the church was having a lot of, of challenges and difficulties, especially between non-Christians who were what they called Gentiles. That was one who had no faith at all. And also the folks that were, were Jewish who had become Christians. And there was this great struggle that was going on saying that outsiders could not become a part of the faith unless they first became Jewish and then they could become a Christian. Well, Barnabas was instrumental in the part of that conversation. And when the Council of Jerusalem made its decision that all people were, could be a part of Christianity without ascribing to anything else, uh, not even Judaism, that all were welcome, then Barnabas was the one who carried that letter throughout all of the lands and encouraged people that they could be a part of the plan of Jesus Christ. So we see that Barnabas is a man of encouragement, and he encouraged Saul and, and, and so, or Paul in so many ways. But in an effort to encourage those in need, Barnabas also helped to, to uh, put together a relief effort to um, undo a, a worldwide famine or a widespread famine that was happening. So his life was huge, and he was an encourager, and he was one that stood in the gap. See, I believe that all of us need a Barnabas. All of us need an encourager. All of us need somebody who's looking out for our best interests. All of us need somebody that, that whenever we're failing at something can help pick us up or who can help us make good decisions or who can guide us. We all need somebody to pat us on the back and say, add a boy or add a girl or be encouraged that what you're doing, let me help you get to the place that you need to be. All of us need that encourager when we feel that we've hit the brick wall, that our ribs are hurting from the beatings that we've taken of what life has to offer, that an encouragement from somebody else, that somebody else's encouragement to give us the words that God has said to be encouraged and to remind us that God loves us and that God has great hope in the life that we have. 
One thing that I discovered also is that, that we all need affirmation. We all need some kind of attention. We need those two things as much as we need food and water. And when, we, when we're without those things, we feel like our life has no order or no purpose. So being a Barnabas or receiving encouragement from someone else is the key. So as I look around the room this morning, um, I, I have to ask myself and ask you the question, do you have a Barnabas in your life? Do you have somebody who encourages you? Do you have somebody that when you are at a place in your life, when you need somebody to encourage you, is that person there? A Barnabas is someone who, who uh, holds up the tired and weary arms that we have often in our life. Someone to add a hand when we rarely, barely hear the sound of one hand clapping. Uh, someone who gives us permission to fail. Someone who will lift us up when we're road whipped or world weary or bone tired or blood thin, when we feel like we're broken hearted and browbeaten. A Barnabas is somebody who can lift that up. A Barnabas is like uh, Tom Modep, you know, the Motel 6 commercial. You know, he leaves the light on. But Barnabas doesn't leave on like a thousand watt spotlight ridiculing you and examining you, trying to find all of your, spot, all your faults. He leaves on like a 40 watt energy efficient soft white bulb. It's just enough that you can see where you need to be and it's comfortable and you can come in and you can be a part of that. But you see, the challenge becomes, though, do we have a Barnabas? You know, do you have somebody in your life right now? Somebody that cares about you? Somebody who will wrap their arm around you when they see your shoulders slumping, when they see that your head is bowed, when they understand or, or notice that something's just not right? Let me push it a little bit further this morning. Instead of just do we have that, let me push it a little bit further. Whose Barnabas have you become? What person have you seen that's in need of encouragement? What steps have you taken? What steps have we taken collectively? You know, the church is supposed to be, the term is called acolyte. What is an acolyte? One who brings the light into the world. And that's what we're supposed to be. So how are we being Barnabas to each other? How are we being Barnabas to our community? How are we bearing and bringing the light to those who are in need?